to episode two of Theatre of the World with Man Bites God, Chris Tompkins, Mark Woodward, James Hello. Hazelden. Welcome to the thing. Hello. 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 Um, uh, uh, this, this episode is called Blood. I'd like to throw it at young Michael McWoodward for this podcast's Fact Bomb. Fact Bombs. But wait, but actually before we do that, yeah. I wrote a theme song for this segment. Excellent. I think we should do it. Excellent. And yeah. all we do is this, and you've got to sing it in a really bored voice. We do this, we go... Fact bomb, fact bomb. Mark's got a fact bomb, right? Oh, okay, wow. give it a go. We're taking down the uh, we're taking down the the boundaries, aren't we? Yeah. We're, we're, I think we're reinventing the medium of yeah. podcasting right here. What yeah. we're doing is simultaneously recording our own commentary track yeah. while the show is going. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. So you want to try? It? Yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. Uh, on, on three. One, two, three. Fact bomb, fact bomb. Mark's got, got a, a fact bomb. Fact bomb. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, uh, blood, right? Blood is red because. <laughs> Wait. Well done. Oh, there's more. There's Sorry. more. There's more. Blood is red because of red blood cells. Red blood cells are red to avoid confusion with white blood cells. White blood cells spend too much time inside playing Xbox. <laughs> blood is viscous and should be approached with caution. <laughs> I think you've misread that. Uh, <laughs> fact bombs. Oh, um, I, um, oh, we worked harder on the theme oh. than Mark did on the fact bomb. If blood is full of red blood cells and white mm. blood cells, shouldn't it be pink? Mm. Fair enough. Good answer. If there are any scientists listening, well, there aren't. For an ice tray or a pair of socks or a suit of clothes or a music box, you don't have to shop all over town. Our store is here. Come on down. The friendly folks here aim to please. We even bless you if you sneeze. You'll find your money, buys you more at our complete department store. <laughs> the topic of blood uh, leads me rather awkwardly to um, a, a story I thought I would relate to you guys. Um, this happened quite recently. Um, I am Australian by birth, mm. and so I thought, oh, blood, okay, bloodlines, that kind of thing. Yeah. But... I am also uh, part uh, Sri Lankan. And I was talking to uh, a friend of mine and I was saying that I, I suffer from a condition called Asian hair. Mm. Asian hair is a, is a real condition where certain types of hair, you just can't do anything with them. They just won't, they won't stay combed. They mm. pop up and, and if, you, if you ever, you're like, you know, five minutes ago, it was very popular to, be, to have your hair all spiky like the manga. Um, the reason that hairstyle came about is because a lot of people in that part of the world can't do anything else with their hair, mm. so they turned it into a style and it's commonly known as Asian hair. And I have that problem. I was talking to a friend about this and I was saying, hey, uh, yeah, I've got Asian hair. Man, <laughs> and uh, and he said, "Oh, but you're not you're not Asian." And I said, "Well, I am part Asian. I'm I'm half Sri Lankan." And he said, "Yeah, but that's not proper Asian." <laughs> okay. And I said, "What's proper Asian?" And he said, "Oh, you know, proper Asian, like you know, Japanese or Chinese or Korean or you know." And I said. So where do you think Sri Lanka is then? <laughs> and he said, oh, 
that's in the subcontinent. Which is like saying everybody else gets a continent yeah. and Sri Lanka gets something under the stairs. Sri Lankans are sub-Asian. Yes, yeah. that's right. Like we're below all of the other Asians. Yeah, yeah. We're subcontinent. And the guy I was having this conversation with, by the way, mm-hmm. was a New Zealander. So yes. I said to him, what continent does New Zealand belong to? And he said, well, New Zealand is on the continent of Australasia. And I said, there is no such continent as Australasia. <laughs> There's Asia and there's Australia. Where's New Zealand? And he got very upset with me and walked away. Sub-Australia. I'm not taking that kind of abuse no. from someone who doesn't even have a continent. <laughs> no. I, it, might be a su- it might be a subcontinent that I have, but I'm proud of that. I'm taking that from, from a New Zealander with no home. <laughs> him, him, and, him and New Caledonia just yeah. floating around together. Yeah. yeah. Hobbiton. That's, the, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where is New Zealand though? Seriously, because I was always taught in school that Australia was the only island continent. Yes. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of grey area because I was told Australia is yeah, only only sort of island and continent. So thing. where's yeah. New Zealand? Yeah. And I wasn't listening in geography. No. So, well, um, I think when you were at school, Chris, New Zealand hadn't been discovered yet. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's probably right. sitting around. He's baffled now. Yeah. Well, I just want, to, I want him to be like Tom Hanks in that movie that no one saw and just be like, oh, no, I'm sorry, we can't let you out of the UK because we don't know what continent you're going to. Yeah. It's, it has to be Australia. But yeah, I, don't, I don't think we want... Do we want New Zealand? I don't want New Zealand. Oh, we, we want some New Zealanders. We're constantly claiming New Zealand. That's true. I like New Zealand. Yeah. I love it. I had a great time. But as as long as we as, can... I don't want to call it Australia. That, I think that's rude well, to everybody. It's, yeah, no one's happy with that. No one's as happy with that. As long as we can New filter the New Zealanders. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. Would... What is it with you? Last episode, you were full of racist hate as well, Chris. <laughs> what is going on? What's look, going on I, in your mind, dude? When, so, I, when I was thinking about blood, I, I, I thought about the, the phrase... Blood is thicker than water, mm. which is very a common phrase. It's German. It's very true. It comes from the 11th century. Oh. It's quite an old phrase. This is a fact. In the 10th was, century, no one had thought bomb. about it. No, that's right. Yeah. Who was thinking about that sort of yeah. stuff? They were all just dying. Of went, Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was obviously, uh, it was about bloodlines. Yeah. And there yeah. was a lot of just, time. Just to clarify, I didn't think that we were speaking literally. No, I, of I, course. I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, I wonder whether it's been misinterpreted. When somebody says that blood is thicker than water, mm. they mean that your family are likely to be the stupidest people you would ever meet. Oh. You see? Uh, that takes me right back yes. to um, three of my favourite books when I was a kid. Yes. And they were A Thousand and One Jokes for Kids. Yes. A Thousand and One More Jokes for Kids. Yes. <laughs> Even more, a thousand and one jokes for kids, which isn't even a sentence, but yeah. was that's awesome. And I, I read those books. They're yeah. just bad so you jokes. know three thousand and three jokes for kids. Yeah. <laughs> for someone who knows that many jokes for kids, you say cunt a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you know, I, I read other books, yeah. but um, but uh, 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 that was D. H. Lawrence. But in that in those books, um, they would they would divide the jokes into sections, and um, there was always uh, jokes about the family. That they always had humorous uh, uh, chapter names. And um, it was blood is thicker than water, and then in brackets afterwards. But who wants to be that thick? Right. And then in the that second, pithy. And then in the second book, more a thousand and one jokes for kids. <laughs> it was called. It was blood is thicker than water, and then in brackets afterwards, but not much. 
And I thought, oh, they're not, they're not trying. Well, I, don't know. <laughs> no. yeah. I think even more A Thousand and One Jokes yeah. for Kids, it was blood is thicker than water, shut up. I think by the time I'd written One Thousand and One Jokes, I would also have given up yeah. pretty much. I'd be, going, I'd be just doing it cynically for the cash at I th- that I point. Think be, I think we'd be sort of rocking silently in a yeah. corner whimpering. Can I say great jokes though? Like I was in grade two and I um, only, the only thing that saved me from being beaten up was um, were, were, were occasionally pulling out these these uh, uh, jokes, and I had a three thousand and three bullets in the arsenal. Yep. Mm. I had a lot of gear. Yeah. Uh, and in, in grade five, I had a teacher uh, called Mister. S- who was a fat cunt. I I think he's dead now. Uh, but he was he was like uh, slander. Uh, he was no, I think fat cunt who might be dead is okay. <laughs> he um, <laughs> He uh, he was he's a, he's a really horrible man. I, I once saw him break a meter ruler over a kid's legs because of course this was this yeah. was back in, this was in Queensland and back in the days where corporal punishment was still allowed. Yeah. So um he yeah he he was he was a violent fucking crazy ass and um he said to me, who can tell me who invented the light bulb? And like a like a Pavlovian response, I just went. <laughs> Some bright spark. Nice. <laughs> that's excellent. But because that's from 1001 Jokes for Kids. And I forgot that I was in front of a violent psychopath. Yeah. I just said it. And he looked at me and I thought, oh, fuck, he's going to hit me. Yeah. And instead he went, oh, funny, Hazelden. <laughs> and then moved on to hit another wow. child who wasn't quite as funny. Yeah. <laughs> just, wow. But there you go. You so there, 1001 Jokes for Kids. Yeah. Everyone. Mm. I don't know if they're still around. If you can get them, they're, they're fucking hilarious. Yeah. Mm. Funnier than, say, gosh, funnier than what's passing as entertainment nowadays. Well, no, that's right. Uh, of this podcast, for example. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could Turn off the comedy gala and read the book, I say. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're going to sort of specify that, that blood is thicker than water, I can think of a lot of things that are thicker than water. Oh, yeah. I mean, most Honey, things for are. example. My gravy. old teacher, Mr. Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> gravy, custard. Yes. Anything that you add to water. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it thicker, I mean, except for water. Water, water, water. I, 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 I thicker than water. I don't. I, don't I, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I. <laughs> Boy, that point's been made a lot. But I think isn't almost anything thicker than water. Yes. Isn't water one of the thinnest things in substance? B- like that's not a gas. Yeah. Twiggy yeah. is thinner than water. Yeah. yeah. I think. Um, uh, methylated spirits is oh, yeah. uh, a bit gas. Than water. Than, yeah. I have think a, any gas. Have yeah. a swim in it. It's very hard to stay afloat. Is it? Yes. Where yeah, are you yeah. swimming in methylated spirits? Chris? I can't give away that. Are you sort working in, a, in like a, an old mm. people's home? Uh, <laughs> would, you know, uh, no. Or living in no. one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, every day they give me my methylated yeah. spirits bath and. <laughs> Then I have have some. Yoga. Sometimes you know the financial crisis hits hard, Sparky, and sometimes we can't all afford nice red wine. Okay, yep. that's all. <laughs> Do you know that they um, methylated spirits apparently is 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 absolutely drinkable, and they add the poison uh, just to stop people from drinking it. Well, that yeah, would well that would sense. that would make sense because it's just alcohol. Spirits well, I mean, alcohol pure. Yeah. yeah. Should so, be quite so pure. if you could find a way to distill the poison bit. Like yeah. the, the mm. Ipecac style bit out of the methylated spirit, you just drink it. You, like, don't you strain it through bread? I think I might be. I think I, think I might be uh, oh. giving away a little, little too much of my past here. But is this a recipe? <laughs> is this our first recipe? You cook up some. Strain <laughs> it through some... bread. <laughs> what? Uh, I th- I think that might be just a little. <laughs> That might be a rumour that, that drunks <laughs> have. Can we just go back a bit? I'm yeah. sorry. You strain methylated spirits through bread. That's what I was told. What, you pour it through bread. Pour it through bread. And then, and what? The bread magically takes the poison <laughs> this out. That's what I was told. I, 
What? It should be pointed out to listeners that I am now blind. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I would say that we do not condone. Yeah, don't try the honestly. Don't trying do to drink yeah. methylated spirits. We'll, we'll that's come been back. We'll come back bread. next episode with a proper cooking cooking what? segment. <laughs> Absolutely. Next no, week, I Mark think, teaches um, you how to build a meth lab. <laughs> Um, it's isn't that an odd manufacturing decision though? Is oh well, we could, we could put out this stuff and people might drink it and get drunk, so we better put some poison in it to yeah. stop them drinking it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a government cover up yeah. because they don't they're not taxing methylated no, spirits exactly. as highly as alcohol. That is, that is yeah. true. So nice, it's discount price. So now's the time to buy. When you're saving money, you're a happy guy. I was trying desperately to think of an anecdote. Um, mm. And the only thing I could sort of think about were... Uh, I'm not a particularly clumsy person, except no. when I've been on the meths, obviously. Yeah. Um, when there's been a bit of bread strain, <laughs> yeah. quote unquote. Do I have a sort of reasonably long history of injuring myself in... in Fairly spectacular ways, and yes. I think you, you chaps will probably remember this. Um, our first, our first tour to Sydney. I, as remember. A band. I, I remember this, but I don't think I was there when it happened. Oh no, you were. Oh, we, shit. We'd all, and I was pissed as well. We'd all been. No, oh we yes, no, no, no. Yes, we were. We'd had a radio interview. We'd I wasn't pissed because I was driving. Yeah. I don't remember any of this. Please tell it. We yeah. were all on the radio, yes. having an inter- having a lovely interview. <laughs> yes, with with Cara Dubois. That's yeah, right. that for a memory. Well done, you. Thank you very much. Was she pretty? Yes, she was. Yeah. Oh, no wonder we remember. I don't I remember she's any listening. of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This so yeah. Far. Keep talking. Um, and so then, what we, we were sort of leaving the leaving the radio place and 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 getting into the car, and yes. I opened the door, and as I went to step into the car, tripped on something, and landed head first yes. onto the door, <laughs> and split my skull open. Yes. <laughs> And and it was quite dark, and and I think you chaps were already in the car, and yeah. it, it made quite a noise. My yes. head sort of colliding with the frame of the car, and I got in the car, and you both sort of said, "Are you all right?" Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, I'm fine." Yeah. And it was quite dark, and we were driving, I believe, over the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and I suddenly said, "Oh, hang on, dudes." Um. <laughs> I think I might be in a bit of trouble because I'm bleeding into my eyes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Vaguely remember. Yeah, that. and I think so. What we 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 got it. We you, you're not supposed to stop on the Harbour Bridge, so we no. we we pressed on yeah. to the other yeah. side of the harbour, pulled over, and I think the only thing that we could find to stem the flow of my sort of cranial blood was the, yeah. was a glasses cleaning cloth. Yeah. Uh, and so I had that pressed onto me skull for the rest of the journey. Mm. Well, no, because then, then we, um, we stopped and, and, and Chris made a call to our mutual friend, Dr. Katie. Yes. Hello, Dr. Katie, if you're listening. Um, she won't be. She won't be. She shouldn't be. Um, and, and she was asked her expert medical opinion on yeah. whether we should go to the hospital yep. or not. And, uh, there was a there was a long period where Katie had to stop laughing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was going to say she seemed the, mainly unconcerned. Yeah, but, um, but there was I do recall the the the, the point of view that you relayed to us, Chris, was yes. that no, no, you'll be fine. Yeah, and and so we went on. We pressed onto the basement yes. where our friend and tour manager Matt Gray was doing something. And we were meeting. It's it all got a bit fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> and we we entered the the basement and Matt uh, saw us and 
suddenly his face went completely white because I think he'd seen the whole tour that he'd booked for us yeah. <laughs> just completely um, finishing that night yep. as I walked into the basement drenched in my own blood. But it worked out all right. He took me up to the bar, um, uh, introduced me to one of the bar girls who went and got a first aid kit, started patching my head up and got me a beer. Yeah. But then it turned out that when back in Melbourne, I was talking to Katie and you know showing off this massive scar that I then had on my forehead that she said... That apparently she'd told Chris that maybe just go to the hospital just in case uh, and don't let him drink anything. <laughs> but frankly, there was too much fun to be had. Yeah. Well, and, um, we were Sydney, on a schedule. There was, yeah. there was a lot of uh, hospitality in Sydney. And a lot I of pretty figured, girls. Yeah. Yeah, we would be all right. Yeah, um, I've got to say, the, um, the memory that I have, mm. because I saw you get into the car in my rearview mirror, and the memory that I have was that I thought you were using the edge of the car to help you into the car with your head. Like you lent, <laughs> it was like you almost leant forward and go, yeah, that's, oh, you know, it's like when you, yeah. your hands are full and you know you yeah. need to kind of uh, manoeuvre yourself. Like Sometimes nudge. you'll just use your forehead. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Oh, it was yeah. like this kind of, but it did make a very loud sound. Yeah. It was a, it was a. I did have a fairly substantial scar. I think it was about, it. I looked in the mirror the next morning. It was about an inch long, yeah. I believe. Yeah, and we asked you where you lived, what your name was, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. You couldn't answer that, but I just assumed that's because you were drunk. David Bowie, Mars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fell, off, fell off the stage at the corner after a show one night. Yeah. I don't remember that it was, either. It's badly lit, sort of side yeah. of stage there, and I sort of, I sort of walked towards where I remembered the stairs being, <laughs> and they weren't there. Was this there was a bin there, though, and I fell into that. <laughs> <laughs> remember that either. Was that the popular alternative launch? Oh, I can't remember. It was one of it was, it was one of the launches. Yeah. It was funny though. To be fair, I was possibly a little affected by that point. I think you were because I think if it was the, the gig I'm thinking of, the problem was um, uh, that gig was the launch of the popular alternative album and we had got Deborah Conway to sing on that album and she had very kindly, because she's a wonderful person, agreed to come and sing at the launch. Mm. But she, I think she had a gig later the night, so she could only do a very early thing. So what we did was we got up on stage first, uh, almost before our supports did, and did a couple of songs and then introduced Deborah, and Deborah did, did her song and, and we did a couple of Deborah songs or one of Deborah songs. Then we, we all went off stage and then our support acts came back on and then we came on later in the night. Mm. But of course, because we'd already gone on stage, when we came off stage, geared into, oh, well, we're, we're kind of done. Like, you know, you have a couple of beers after a gig. Yeah. We hadn't, hadn't really thought about going back on again. Yeah. Uh, and, and so consequently, possibly when we took the stage again, we were all a little bit the worst yeah. aware. I do remember you falling down during that gig and not being able to get up. Yeah. Well, that was mostly a bit of rock and roll theatrics. But okay. Yeah. yeah. I graduated from university that day. That was uh-huh. my day of my graduation. And then I celebrated by no falling off a so stage. No wonder you were pissed. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, is, uh, this is a story I wrote um, ages ago, um, but it, it, has the, it has the word blood in it. Right. Ah, uh, cool. Uh, and, that's, and that's all uh, it is. Um, this is a, a story called uh, The Teachings of the Dalai Lama, Part 1, in brackets, yes, he's an actual lama. <laughs> That's very important to know for the story. Uh-huh. <clears throat> oh, we need music for this. Maybe something uh, something peaceful, panpipey, t- Tibetan-y. Yeah, yeah, kind of, but like you know, kind of a bit like really backgroundy, kind yeah. of something you get when you're having a massage, kind of. Yeah, music. yeah. And that okay. would start now. At the top of the highest mountain in Tibet lived the amazing Dalai Lama, actual Lama. Of course, he wasn't born the Dalai Lama. For many years, he used to be just regular old Colin Lama. 
But his quest for inner peace and understanding had made him the most spiritual lama in history, and the local ants regarded him as slightly better than ants, which was a great honour. Many animals would climb the mountain, seeking enlightenment from the Dalai Lama and asking him questions. Often the Lama would tell them the answers lay within themselves, and he'd be right. When Graham Goat needed help finding his car keys, the Dalai Lama told him the answer laid within himself, and he was right. Turns out Graham had sat on his keys four weeks ago, and they were still in there, wedged internally. The Dalai Lama was a pretty cluey mammal. Today it was Sam Spider Monkey who stood before the Lama begging to be filled with wisdom, the way a fat man's trousers are filled with the fat legs of its fat owner. The ancient master had asked Sam to gather up 40 tiny twigs from atop the snow-covered summit and present them to him. Sam handed over the twigs with due reverence and the Lama took them from him and carefully tied them all together in a little bundle with a piece of string. Now said the Dalai Lama in a voice that was calmer than a coma patient with a heroin habit. If you can break the bundle of twigs in half, then you will be the master and I will be the student. Sam Spider Monkey liked the sound of this. For while he had great respect for the Dalai Lama's peaceful, enlightened existence, Sam had just spent the last four hours collecting tiny twigs from a freezing snow-covered mountain, whereas the Dalai Lama had simply lain on his back and giggled when he saw a cloud that was shaped a bit like a penis. Sam wanted to be the master and giggle at the penis-shaped clouds. He grabbed the bundle of twigs and tried desperately to break it. He strained to break the tightly tied bundle until he gave himself a very painful hernia. He chopped and punched at the bundle until his fingers were splintered with wood and blood. He hit the bundle hard on the ground until a worm poked his head up from the earth and informed him that he had just tapped something very obscene about the worm's mother in Morse code. And could he please tap an apology? Eventually defeated and in a fair amount of pain, he shamefully handed the bundle back to the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama smiled and took a single twig out of the bundle and broke it. Then another and another until they were all broken. Well... Yeah, said Sam, secretly hoping the Dalai Lama wasn't going to ask him to get more twigs. I mean, I could have done that. But you didn't, said the Lama sagely. If we are united in our thinking, we are indestructible. But if we are separate and scattered, we are easily defeated. Faced with this piece of wisdom, Sam forgot to mope about his broken twigs and his hernia and saw the truth of what the Lama had said. At this moment, he felt more at peace than at any other time in his life. It was then that the Dalai Lama violently jammed two broken twigs into Sam's eyes. Sam reared back in pain and surprise, fumbling uselessly at the tiny, sharp wooden spears that were embedded deep into his retinas. Blood gushed from his eye sockets, and he screamed so loudly that he started an avalanche on the next mountain and killed several German ski instructors. But continued the Dalai Lama in the same calm voice, seemingly unaware of the blood-curdling yells emanating from Sam's spider monkey, or indeed the showers of actual blood that were covering his yellow llama robes. Even the tiniest of twigs can make an impact. I have used these twigs to teach you two important lessons today. It is most fortunate that you found me on Seek One Life Changing Epiphany Get One Free Tuesday. Of course, you owe me 20 bucks for the twigs, but what price spiritual development? 
Sadly, Sam the spider monkey could not hear the llama's sage words. In agony, he had pitched forward and smashed his face onto the ground, pushing the two sharp wooden twigs up into his brain. His twitching corpse oozed blood and eye jelly all over his I Heart the Dalai Lama t-shirt. The end. Excellent. Lovely. Very, very good. I found that story in a bin. (laughs) (laughs) A vacuum cleaner that's fantastic. Many items made of plastic. Rhinestone collars for a poodle. Recipes for apple strudel. Hat and bags and shoes to match. A safety pick-proof window latch. We have all these and many more in our complete department store. This is a song um, that uh, is very short and um, is, is, uh, is, it, was a song, it was a song that I wrote for Man Bites God many, many years ago and then never had the guts to play to anyone. Can I preface this song by yep. saying that it's very hard to write an original love song. It's very hard to find new metaphors to express love. Yes. Okay? All right. I'm All just right. saying. And that the topic of today's podcast is blood. All right, good. I would drink a cup of your menstrual blood If it meant that you'd be mine I'm not saying that I want to All I am saying is I do it I bought my own cup And I'd drink it all up I'd come back for seconds Just to prove my love Menstrual blood Proves my love Glug, glug, glug (laughs) We can cut that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you say you say you never uh, played that to anybody, but I recall. Uh, oh, really? Did I, re- I play that? Yeah, I recall. I remember playing early versions of it to you while we were recording an album. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was trying really my hardest to do something, mm. like play bass or sing or something, and constantly between takes in my headphones, <laughs> I would get that song sung to me. But that wasn't the whole song. I would only have the words menstrual play. Yeah, which was off-putting enough. Yeah, yeah. It was just that was my that was my mic te- check for a long time. Oh. I was just singing the words menstrual blood until Mark threw something at me. But yeah. I don't do that uh, as much anymore. That, uh, so I had to finish the whole song. Sometimes you have to write the song so that you don't want to sing it out loud anymore. <laughs> well, in the way that blood helps our wounds knit back together and close up We'll yeah. close up this podcast, oh, I guess. It was brilliant. Cool, was it? How good was that? I thought I knew. That was very good. Thank you very much for listening to Theatre of the World. The World. The World. We're Man Bites God, Chris Tompkins, Hello. Mark Woodward, James Goodbye. Hazelden, talking sometimes at the same time. Goodbye. Find episodes and more at theatreoftheworld.com. I saw once once uh, a man walking along the street yes. eating a, a whole roast chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, what a maverick. This is Man Bites God. This is-